Hi, this is Jennifer. I'm Elizabeth. This is Amanda. And I'm Jasmine. And we are the Sisters Collective. We invite you to pull up a seat and join our family meeting. All right. Welcome back. Hey, y'all. All right, guys. Happy Wednesday. I know, right? Right. Uh, (laughs) Well, we're back for another episode of the Sisters Collective, and uh, we're excited. It is finally feeling like fall. Anybody excited about that? No. It's sweater and boot weather. I mean, it's not not winter, winter. It's not quite sweater. I mean, not quite boots, (laughs) but at least... In Florida, you know how we do. We got our Uggs at 64 degrees. I mean, at least you can, like, (laughs) drive down the street with the windows cracked and And not, you know... Absolutely. Sweating to death. At this time, I normally turn my air off at my house. Ooh, so why? That, oh, we're not doing that. that. No, we're I not do. Doing that. We're not but my house is on seventy-eight, though. Well, you're ridiculous. That's crazy, Amanda. <laughs> seventy-eight is hot outside. Why would you do that inside your house? <laughs> this was great. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Judgy, huh? Judgy I mean, much. What y'all do like, come to my house and be like, it's real hot here. <laughs> are you like Always. from an island or something? I am. Girl, whatever. I am. I'm the one that will have the air conditioner on and then a fan right in front of my face. That's how I sleep. Okay. Be congested. And well, if I had a ceiling fan, fan, it would be going as we well. We have the ceiling fan on, but now I don't know yeah. about an extra fan on me. Well, well, I do a fan right in my face. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. We, we I don't, don't do hot. Mm-hmm. I don't do hot. But I, I see. see. I understand. Anyway, well, happy fall. Yeah. Yes. Happy to be fall. And it's already November, the best month of the year. So, and the clock no went back. All of those all things. All of those things <laughs> happening all at once, right? So, what happens during the season is this when it gets dark fast. Yes. So, yes. That's, the, that's the part of fall I don't like. I don't so like that. Really early. 5.30, 6 o'clock, and it's already feeling like 9. So, this is the part of the year where I like so. the season, but the time throws me off a bit because mm-hmm. I'm out until 7 o'clock but at, by the time it gets 7 o'clock it feels like it's 9 or 10 right yeah. and so that duality is a bit much for me kind of bothersome but whatever I'll get over it yeah. Yeah. so what are we doing today anybody have trash anybody want to take some trash out mm. is everybody good you got trash cans empty. I mm-hmm. think my trash can is empty. I am empty I am back with my therapist. I will say oh, that. Yay. I started back going. I was like, you know what? This um I haven't been like dealing with postpartum depression. Yeah, but that's good. Just the whole idea of postpartum, like it's it's a shift. It is that you have to go through with where you were pregnant imagine. and then, you know, before your pregnancy and that life that you had when you're pregnant, the that interim and then after when you have a baby, you're like, oh, okay, this is it's a little different. It's a whole nother it's, it's life. Whole but it changes life. your entire life. Yeah. Like really every does. little thing it from really going does. to the potty, it changes your whole life. From going to the potty. <laughs> but like, not just like <laughs> physically changing your life, emotionally it yes. changes mentally, your life. Mentally. Mentally. Yes. Um, the physical changes are one thing, um, but then the emotional changes, sometimes you don't always know what how to anticipate that. We can anticipate right. our mm. bodies changing, right. yeah. but we don't anticipate the mental, uh, the shift mental shifts that, that, that are going to take place. Yeah. And what if yeah. you're not, um, what if you're not prepared or what if you're not emotionally strong enough to make those shifts? What, what, what happens what, to you and your right. baby in your relationships? Mm-hmm. How right. does that affect people? That's where the postpartum depression right. things come in, Absolutely. especially if you're someone that is prone to depressive episodes or something. Mm-hmm. Hello. I would imagine that it could postpartum be depression could be a thing. Worse. Yes. Um, and it strikes people really hard um, for people who didn't 
really ever have depression and then you know for women who are like on the go and they're always going and then they realize that once you have a baby and it changes your whole world you it can stop you do yeah. you have because it hits them really really hard because you have no coping skills for it right you know if you are prone to depression and you've gone to therapy or whatever the case may be you might have the tools in your bag to be able to work through it right yeah, but if right. you're not you know and it hits you even harder right because no it'll be like your that. first time you're like, like what, is what is happening? And some people don't even know how to name it when they yep. go through it. Yep. They don't even they don't know even that it is if they've never is. done it. I remember yeah. um, Michelle talking about that. She dealt with what it's called. Um, it was before she had the baby. Um, I can't. I can't remember what it's called. But what I, you're talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's not postpartum. Is like prenatal something. It's, it's something along those lines. It's something, perinatal. No, something, it's something no, that's it's happening something like that. before she gave birth. She yeah. was feeling an impressive episode. Um, and I've heard women talk about that before um, and how that affects them. But you mentioned something about um, how therapy gives you tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some people are avoidant of uh, therapy for lots Various of reasons. reasons but yeah. um, and, and, and no shame to anyone who is not all for therapy. But one thing that in hindsight I can now say mm-hmm. is that the tools that I got from therapy... Um, are so beneficial because uh, I still have moments where uh, the part of me, the wounded part of me wants to speak louder than the part of me that is whole. Mm. And um, wow. yeah. I have the tools allow me to, to quiet it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. For instance, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was invited to be a part of a, an event um, and they asked me to, they want me to uh, perform as a uh spoken word artist and while I do that this person knows that's not all I do mm-hmm. okay. so the part of me that deals that dealt with rejection um started saying do they not is this all they see in me mm, is, wow. do they not see that I'm more valuable than that that I have more strengths more, than that yeah and the tools begin the the part of me that has better tools than that begin to say wait first of all I know this person's character Mm -hmm. I know that they care for me I know that they are not dismissive of me I know they're not trying to reject I had to remind myself Mm, of who this person really is to me and so why is it that they asked that of me because that's all they needed of me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they didn't need me to be a preacher they didn't need me to be a writer they didn't need me to be a teacher they needed me to be an artist right Mm -hmm. so they asked of me what they needed of me mm-hmm. because they knew that I could do the job. Right. And, and I was like, okay, so that made me quiet the part of me that wanted to be rejected and the part of me that is strong enough to say, no, I'm capable of handling this task because that's what they needed me. Right, right. And so I'm able to show up in a place of, show up in, in wholeness, understanding that I'm needed and that I'm necessary, not mm-hmm. that I'm being used and that's all they see in mm-hmm. me. But if you don't have those tools... It will keep you in in a funk because yeah. you'll think that you're being overlooked and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And so when we say talk mm. about therapy, it, it gives you tools. It's not yes, it's man. not it's not a, a end all be all. It doesn't cure you in that sense. It simply gives you tools to uh, navigate in this thing called life differently than what sometimes uh, life doesn't give you all the tools you need. 
and therapy gives you some of those tools and it helps you to it helps you to move differently now the spaces and the ways that I would have moved before would have been totally different than the way that I move now and so that's why I'm an advocate of therapy because it gives you tools that allow you to move it it makes you move better absolutely what I go ahead no you can I coming from because you are a woman of faith Yes. And I love that you're saying that because sometimes people are like, just pray it away. And I was like, God made therapists. Like, I like I really believe that you created those because sometimes you aren't necessarily sure what I should be praying or what I should be doing. Well, you pray and then you don't wait for God to tell you what you're supposed to be doing. So I'm going to need you to go to have somebody extra in your space that can help you navigate. But when you said um, the part of me that wanted to be rejected, but what yeah. you heard wasn't things of rejection. But those were actual, um, if you would have allowed it to manifest it, um, it was rejection. Because you said, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Don't they know? Don't they? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Don't they know that I do more than this? Mm -hmm. But if you would not have quieted that voice, then you might not have taken the job. You know what I'm saying? And Mm. in that inner side of you, because I was like, the enemy is real. And he really be trying to, he be trying it out here in the world. But you know what I'm saying? Like it. But sometimes we make things out to be the enemy and it's just our mind. Playing. But, but, but I think, and then we cannot discount that we are in a literal spiritual battle. Warfare, so right? there, there are darts being thrown at our heart and our mind mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So while everything is not spiritual, a lot of things are. Right. But w- at what you were saying is that it took me back to, the uh, podcast that I um, recommended last mm-hmm. uh, week um, because one of the things it tells you to do is to pay attention to the places where you're attacked. Pay attention to mm-hmm. the things pay attention to the things that throw you off. Mm-hmm. And when that thing threw me off, I knew that what was what I needed to address was the esteem issue and how my esteem is attached to what I do. Oh, wow. So the bigger picture wasn't even about what they had asked me. It was about the fact that my heart wanted to see that what I was being asked to do, I was attaching it to how I felt about me. And mm-hmm. so and now when I, when I when things throw me off or when something affects me, I see that as an opportunity for growth rather than some big frailty and some big failure of mine. Right. I was able to grow in that area. I was able to grow in that instance and see that I can actually navigate this thing called life and I can actually make wise decisions. I can actually be in community and communion with people and not be offended. Um, Mm -hmm. I have the tools to handle this. That's what Mm -hmm. it showed me yesterday. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Where in times past, I would have navigated that space completely differently. Right. That's why it's so, it's so essential that you just take the time to even consider therapy yeah mm-hmm. consider it and and i know like some of the podcasts we listen to they're connected with um like talk space and we, we don't have that connection but not I would, yet not mm-hmm. yet speaking but of will, talk space we would love to to be sponsored listen, by you we would love mm-hmm. we would love because we are we advocate for it and i know that that is a huge opportunity i'm able to you know go and sit in somebody's office and talk with them but not everybody is. And if you need the flexibility, that is a platform that allows you the flexibility to do that. And you so. talked about my faith um, and uh, being proud of me for saying something about therapy. Um, therapy is not, therapy is scriptural. Yeah. Counsel is scriptural. Proverbs is. 11 and 14, where there is no counsel, the people fall. Mm-hmm. But in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Seeking counsel is not unbiblical. Um, nor does it mean you lack faith. Right. 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 Going to see a therapy is not 
a faithless act. Right. It takes a lot of faith um, for me to be able to say, hmm, I'm off center right now. And on my yes, own, yes. I can't get recentered. Let me go see. Get, let me go sit Hello. with someone who you've ordained, mm-hmm. who you've given given skills and tools to, to help me get back centered. Yeah. And a good therapist is never going to leave you. And even I didn't. Now I didn't know that. I didn't know initially, but my therapist is a believer. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. a lot of um, where she led me was back to the word. Now your therapist doesn't have to be. I don't think they have to be a believer. It helps if you are a believer. If they're a believer. So they can, so that your foundation is 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 scriptural. But even if they're not, as long as their foundation is is from a healthy place, place from yeah. a place of wholeness that is mm-hmm. um, giving you uh, that's leading you back to a place of wholeness and not something that's you know some far fetched kind of thing. Um, I don't know. Have you guys read the book Wholeness by Pastor Teray? I haven't I read it, but. Um, Therapist, he's not a therapist, he's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, but therapists use his book called Wholeness, and he's not a licensed therapist. I said, Well, God put a word on his heart. Like, yeah. it was like, yeah. I was like, Amen. But yes. So it's interesting that we've been talking a lot about this and starting with you talking about going back to therapy after, um, like, postpartum. Mm-hmm. And um, so, what we wanted to, I, the reason we want to talk about what we're going to talk about is um, <laughs> because it's something that we, all kind of need to be aware of. We're going to talk about attachment styles. Yeah. Um, I first became aware of attachment styles when I went to therapy. Um, one of the first things that she did was um, told me what my attachment style, after talking with me, after me kind of talking with her, um, she was able to uh, ascertain very quickly that I had an attachment style called, um, she called it an insecure attachment. Mm. So she didn't give me the specific kind. She told me that I had an insecure attachment. And mm. initially I was like, well, well what exactly do you mean? mean? What you mean? Um, but what, mm-hmm. she, what she means is there are two different kinds of attachment. Either you are securely attached mm-hmm. or you are insecurely attached. And you may hear gurgles of baby girl because baby girl is here. Say, yes. hey, Arden. She's saying hi. Hi, Arden. Hi, Arden. She's saying hi. You might She's saying hi. You might hear her. Hi, princess. Okay. <laughs> so we have the littlest one in here with us today. So there, you are either securely attached or you are insecurely attached. And then I want to go and look at um, an article that we had that I, we found in Psychology Today that talks about um, secure attachments. Um, we're going to leave some of these notes um, in the some of these information in the show notes for you. But I found some information on attachment styles that I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit. And let me get to that one. First, it says here about attachments, it says uh, human beings are simply made for attachment. So at the very beginning, we're made for attachment. Mm-hmm. I know some people like to try to say they're the lone wolf and, you know, I'm, I'm a people person. And uh, whether you believe it or not, we are all created biologically to exist in community with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all desire attachments. Sometimes life comes in and makes you think you don't actually want attachments, but that's really the hurt speaking, not uh-huh. the mm-hmm. real you speak. Yep. Sometimes we are that's we were created, let me put it like that. We were created to desire attachment. Now you might be birthed desiring something else, meaning you broken in your in how you were raised mm-hmm. kind of thing, but we were all birthed to desire attachment. 
biologically linked we're biologically inclined to link ourselves with others from the very first hours after birth into childhood humans seek out security and aligned us align themselves with others we can trust and depend on and i'm reading this from a betterhelp.com article the attachment theory says that uh that it that is these early experiences that shape our attachment styles and mold how we interact with others throughout our lifetimes they're asking questions like, are you clingy? Are you standoffish, unable to connect? Most likely you can thank mom or dad or your earliest caregivers. Now, while some um, of the research that I looked at attribute childhood attachments to caregivers, there are adult attachments that can differ from what your childhood attachment is. Meaning, even if you were insecurely attached as a child, that doesn't mean you have to be insecurely attached as an adult. Right. Because your attachments as a child come pretty primarily from the primary caregiver. If your mom was attuned to you, that word attunement I got from that podcast that I got, that I recommended um, in the last episode. So go back and look in that show notes and you'll see what I'm talking about. If your mom or your caregiver was attuned to you, meaning you cried out for help and when they came to you, you could see in their face that, that there was a, a empathy there and they resolved the problem that you had. Right. Over time, when they consistently do that, it allows that child to be secure in the fact that they are going to be taken care of. So when they become older, they are they are securely attached to their caretaker, mm -hmm. meaning they want to be around their, their caretaker. Mm -hmm. They know that their caretaker is going to care for them. And then when they're away from their caretaker, it doesn't make them so... Um, they're not like as, insecure. They're not insecure about yeah. whether or not the, the mom or dad is going to be there for them. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're going to look at some of those attachment styles also. Attachment styles impact our relationships with others as well as our uh, as our relationships with others as well as ourselves. Mm -hmm. It affects how we relate to others and how we uh, relate to ourselves. So by understanding which type of attachment style we possess, we can become more uh, self-aware and live a fuller, more authentic life. So it's not about knowing your attachment style so you can attach blame to a mom or dad that wasn't there. Right. It's not about that. Right. Um, because it's about knowing what your attachment style is so that you can find ways to um, to correct if there's a deficit somewhere mm -hmm. um, and not have to live out of that deficit. But it also allows you to be able to be aware of other people's attachment styles so you know how to properly relate to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So this isn't about blame. Right. Because right. one other thing that I found in, in the study is that your primary caretaker isn't the only way that you learn your, that you learn your attachment style. You also learn attachment style by the the way you see your parents relate to each other. Mm. So from how you are nurtured how and then nurtured. how what you see in how your you're environment. nurtured and how you see your 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 mom and dad relating to each other. If you see a loving relationship that builds an attachment as well. Mm -hmm. um, if you see a fragmented relationship that builds a type of attachment as well. If you don't if you see a loveless relationship that builds an attachment as well or doesn't build an attachment. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a caretaker. It is also in how you see those interactions Around with you. the males and females that are caring for you. Baby girl is saying she agrees. Okay? <laughs> Which is so interesting when, mm -hmm. when we first kind of thought about this topic. And I, I immediately thought about her. <laughs> She's talking. Y'all here. So. <laughs> My little pumpkin is growing. Oh, <laughs> baby girl. <laughs> what like, you got to say? Um, I immediately thought about her because that's so interesting because I know we're going to get into more of this mm -hmm. in a little bit but it's like that immediately made me think about her like what about her like what? okay your attachment to her my attachment to her and what and she sees and how she perceives it 
um, because I know it's like that first year of life is very crucial to to their development, not only just outside of everything else, but like with their attachment to life and how they're going to attach to other people and that. So I was like, I can't wait to dive more into this because it's, it's interesting. Yes, you agree? Mm-hmm. So as I was saying, there are two main categories of attachments, secure attachments versus insecure attachments. And then in the insecure attachments, there are two main types and then one of the types splits. Okay. So secure attachments, let me kind of give you a description of what a secure attachment looks like. Okay. Um, a secure attachment, the mo- it says here that the majority, and I'm doing this one off the HuffPost um, article, and we'll attach all of these articles in the show notes. The majority of the population, around 55%, has a secure attachment okay okay and these folks make quality partners and tend to be more satisfied in their romantic relationships they're generally warm and loving and enjoy closeness and intimacy without worrying too much about the status of the relationship they are able to open up with their partners about what's on their minds when their significant other is struggling they offer support and understanding it says here they don't play games and they they directly communicate. Meaning mm-hmm. they don't they're not passive aggressive. They're not saying one thing when they really mean Means something else. They're not covert yeah. in their conversations. Mm-hmm. They say exactly what's on their mind that bothered me, or I really do love you, or I really appreciate. You. They're able to easily communicate, and if something is bothering them, they're able to easily say it. I feel like I okay? had to learn how to do that. Okay, and that's fifty-five percent of the of the population. They generally have a good overall view of love and intimacy, which allows them to risk getting closer to someone, even if they end up getting hurt. And this mm-hmm. is a book called Attached. Um, the co-author Levine calls securely attached persons the silent majority, mm-hmm. because they may not be as vocal about their relationships as those with other attachment styles. What they mean by that is they're secure in their attachments, so they don't vocalize it. Mm. A lot of what we hear in social media are about people who are insecurely attached. They're usually talking a lot about the problems that they're having in the relationships. So because Mm. they talk about it more, people think that that's the majority. And actually, more people are secure in relationships or have secure attachments than insecure attachments. And people who are posting... Like some of their great moments, they're just posting that great moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Necessary. To 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 mask their insecure attachment. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they're trying to that post all the thing too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was the opposite. On, no, generally, yeah. It says so people, people are here secure attachment style style gets into a relationship and they're happy. There's there's not much drama, so you don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. We tend to hear about the drama, mm-hmm. so we think that's more of a representation of what's going on. Mm, but I feel like, not. but I feel like what I see, maybe because I don't see much of the drama, I feel like I see people faking it. Like, I feel like I see, I'm like, I know. Well, we assume that people are faking. Sometimes people are genuinely happy. No, I know you're right. But what, what people don't often realize, and I think you said it before, Liz, on a podcast, that is just a snapshot in time. Not that it I is. don't want people to right. be doing well in their relationships. Right, I'm not right. saying that, but it seems like. Now, and it was funny because I was in Bible study the other day and lady was like, I'm going through a whole divorce, but I sure went to dinner with my friend and I posted a picture like I was happy. It was like, I went home and cried myself to sleep. Wow. And she was like, I went out, I got dressed up and she was like, but I needed that moment. She said, we was all like straight flogging on, on uh, social media. Like I was so happy mm. and it immediately made me think of that. I'm glad that she was able to have that happy moment, but she was also going through a very tragic period in her life that she didn't want anyone to know about. And so... It was just interesting what you're saying, because I'm, I'm saying what I see is the opposite. Like, people posting 
their snapshots of their great times and to make it seem as though you know what I'm saying right but that's yeah. not necessarily their attachment style no 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 that just happens to be what's going on uh, in, in their life, life. I right. absolutely understood yeah. what you're saying so that's kind of a glimpse of what they say what, what they mean when they say a secure attachment yeah and studies show that that's they're actually what they call the silent majority mm. then we have um, what what's called insecure attachments um, two major categories anxious attachment style and avoidant attachment style the anxious attachment style um like the securely attached those with the anxious attachment style also enjoy being close and intimate with a partner the difference is they are hypersensitive to the smallest changes in their partner's mood or behavior mm-hmm. and have a tendency to take these fluctuations personally so mm-hmm. when the partner asks to reschedule a date night a person with an anxious attachment style might wonder if it's secretly because of something they did to upset or annoy, or annoy the significant other and it might not have anything to do with them but because they're anxious be attached any, any change shift is- makes them nervous and they think that it is about them How's mm-hmm. that kind of they are generally called insecure by their partners uh, Fuhrman says they are often seen as needy and high maintenance maintenance emotionally as they require a lot of reassurance that they are loved and they, that the relationship is okay mm-hmm. so that's the anxious attachment style I see. Mm-hmm. That, that is exactly what I felt great okay. perfect that- and then there's the avoiding <laughs> attachment style which gets split into two Okay. It's the d- dismissive avoidant, and then it is the fearful avoidant. Mm. Okay. Okay. So partners with avoidant attachment styles value their independence over their romantic bonds and are reluctant to depend too much on their partner. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got triggered. <laughs> Maybe Somebody more than one of us. <laughs> they usually feel uncomfortable with too much closeness in a relationship emotionally or physically and may try to create distance in any number of ways. Listen to these ways by not responding to, t- to calls or- and texts, prioritizing work or hobbies over their partner or fixating on their partner's flaws instead of his or her good qualities. They tend to check out other people more. Meaning they're in a relationship, but they're checking out other folks, looking at other people, you know. No. A lot of their attention is split outwards of their relationships, and there is more hostility in the relationship. That's interesting. Some in the field break down avoidant into two subcategories that I just mentioned before, dismissive avoidant and fearful avoidant. Those with dismissive avoidant style are able to detach from a partner and suppress difficult emotions with relative ease. Meaning, if I'm going through something, I can... They can sub- suppress a difficult emotion. I'm afraid or I'm bothered. They can yeah. dismiss it and suppress it easily than someone else could. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they're able to detach from a partner quickly. Doses. Um, a, person with, <laughs> a person with a fearful avoidance style, on the other hand, has conflicting desires. Mm-hmm. They want emotional closeness, but trust issues and or fear of rejection often get in the way of the intimacy. Mm-hmm. So they want to be close, but then they fear that you're going to reject them. So mm-hmm. I want the, to want to be close, but I'm teeter-tottering. I don't know which way to go. I want to be close to you, but I'm afraid you're going to leave me, so I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. People with dismissive avoidance style may think, feeling, may think feelings aren't important, and relying on others is a sign of weakness. They often dismiss the emotional needs of their partners. People with fearful avoidance style have mixed feelings about interdependency and intimacy. They both desire it and fear it at the same time. Sometimes they may act needy while other times avoid it. They will often send a lot of mixed signals to their partners. No. What do y'all what do you think you are? 
Okay, so we actually, hey y'all. No, no, based on that though, uh, where do you think you are? Oh, I think it was real obvious. What it was, was it called? Real obvious. What was the no, first No, Mandy's was the, no. the anxious attachment. No, it's not. No, it's it's dismissive avoidant. Uh, avoidant. It was avoidant, but it was dismissive, dismissive avoidant. Dismissive avoidant. That was the first one you said was dismissive Detach avoidant? No, the very first, um, the, ver the first dismissive. insecure one? Yes. The first insecure one was the anxious attachment. No, no. what's the second one? Second dismissive. The avoidant attachment, which was dismissive. And it was dismissive, and then what was the second one? Uh, fearful avoid. No, it was dismissive for sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Because the dismissive was where you you prioritize um, other things. Was that the one? Yes. yes. A whole oh, life. Yeah. That. That's what <laughs> you can, yeah. Like you can oh, not really. It doesn't matter. Like feelings, because you can just keep moving. Right. Like, and it's and it because I when you said that I was just like. I think it like struck court with like all of all us. Of like me, Janet, Jasmine. Was a part of there are parts of me in dismissive avoidant and in fearful avoidant. Mm -hmm. okay. I kind of I, I I recognize that I used to be in one more than the other. I was definitely in fearful avoidant most of the time that I was in college. Okay. But uh, dismissive avoidant probably right after college. Yeah. But I'm trying to walk away from both of them i i feel like i'm d i'm more of a dismissive <laughs> avoidant not necessarily with like looking at other people or no, whatever yeah, that was, yeah, that was no. but much. just prioritizing other things i surely do that and it's that's a struggle listen that is a struggle especially when I, like i really want to figure out what what his uh <laughs> attachment style is but that's a whole other story but I know I'm dismissive, avoidant. Now, does it make you want to know the attachment styles of people that you're connected to? It yeah. does. So you can see. So it's interesting that we all, and we all, by the way, did our, did our um, attachment attachment style. styles. Yeah. And we kind of loosely have, have that. Now, we want to reveal that kind of to each other so we can see what our attachment styles were. So before today, we all, we all sat and we did our attachment styles, right? And so we are getting ready to reveal, because we, um, we didn't say, we didn't let each other know what their attachment style is or what their results were. So you guys live, we get to tell you yes. exactly what our attachment styles are. So actually, I'm glad that you asked us what we thought. So we're going to see if what we thought our is attachment style is what it was. Yes. Okay, so I <laughs> will go first. Um, I said that like I knew what it was exactly. Avoidance of closeness. Mm -hmm. So, like, it, like you thought, you do have an avoidance, avoidance of attachment closeness. style. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, yep. Same. Mine was the same. All same. of us, interestingly <laughs> enough, every single one of us have an avoidant attachment style. And there were different levels of our what? avoidance. Mine yes. was right. like, mine, mine on that scale, and I don't know what the 40 means, but mine was at a 40. Mine was 37. Mine was 30. And mine was 30. Yeah. Okay. So it's, we got levels to it. We got levels, <laughs> levels to this thing. But we definitely all have that avoidance attachment. And when you said that you, like that you're able to suppress, you know, your, the emotions mm -hmm. um, from your partner, not that I'm not, like, I don't care about it, but I'm able to, I tend to prioritize, like, other things. Like, you all right? I checked in. I'm hoping you're going to say okay, because if I got to sit there and listen to you talk, it's going to be a problem. But now that I don't want to listen to you talk, but... And it's not just <laughs> that you avoid their emotions, you avoid your own. I think yes. I completely avoid my own. And I think I, I literally said that when I was getting rid of, uh, when we did the, um, not the trash, and I was like, you can tell me your problems, but don't, don't ask me what's going on with me. Right. And I literally right. just, like, it's not a big deal. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because like, you do take on so many other people's problems right. and so when I get home and as a counselor because you listen to people's problems all day when you get home you don't I want don't to. want to listen to anyone else's problems I listen to my kids in the car what happened when I get home I just want to turn my brain off but I think what we do is we we mask our feelings as if 
like e- e- everything's good. I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. good. But then when you re- really you're avoiding dealing with certain with all things, of the, things. And de- the yeah. issues that you have instead of just, you know, I really need to deal with this. Yeah. And I'll listen to, you know, other people or but I'm not going to talk about how I'm feeling because I'm good, boo. but I'm not really good. But you don't really notice that you're not good until uh, things happen and then you blow up. Yeah. And he's like, oh, whoa, where did that come from? But it might have been years or months of you yeah. not dealing with mm-hmm. those things. And it, for me, it tends to happen like like in a relationship. It could be a friendship, you know, a relationship. And I'm just like, well, you've been taking advantage of me. Like, but why you ain't tell me that, though? Right. Like, why didn't you say anything about it when now I'm learning? And I think I said that when you were reading, Liz, like, I had to learn how to say that something is bothering me. Yes. Mm-hmm. So since all of our, I don't know if you were going to say something, since all of our attachment styles are avoidance of closeness, um, I thought when I read that, that I thought it was going to have like a different definition, but the definition was like spot on for me. But anyway, where did that come from? Um, it came, uh, a lot of it by definition or by the studies show, it came from how we were reared. Um, and somewhere in our rearing, we either were not properly attuned, which we talked about that. I think we spoke about that a little bit last week. Either we were not properly attuned or um, the relationships we saw around us, mm-hmm. um, we couldn't count on them. Uh, meaning, absent fathers mm-hmm. helped you to learn to not count on fathering. Um, and then the relationship that we have, even with our mom, even though she raised us, uh, there wasn't always an emotional attachment. And so we learned to not rely on emotional attachments. And um, so I, I would ascertain that some of it comes from that. Um, and then the relationships that we did see around us with um, in loving relationships or what should have been loving relationships weren't necessarily didn't necessarily come off as wholesome. Mm-hmm. Um, or or super nurturing either. So even though we, we didn't get the nurturing and then we didn't see the nurturing. Mm-hmm. For instance, we grew up in um, with our grandparents from like 13, 14. And although, although he was a good caretaker as far as we never had to worry about whether or not lights were going to be on, whether or not food was going to be on our table, I also never really saw them romantically involved. <laughs> I didn't see any... The loving. Side I didn't of it. see that. Now I interpreted how she Care took care of him as love, mm-hmm. but that's not the only kind of love that exists. My own. The only way that I show you love isn't when I'm fixing you food, or when you are providing food for me to fix. So um, there was some maybe some aspects of nurture that we didn't see modeled, um, and then that mm-hmm. we didn't get. And so that kind of helps to build or dismantle the attachments that you need. So I would have to assume that it comes from there. But then also just in other relationships where you, it, it's not reinforced as well. Right. So I look at how maybe in, in past years, how we as sisters, how we. What's the word? Um, coexisted. Um mm. We, there was a closeness, but there wasn't an intimate closeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you understand? I mm-hmm. think we're more intimately connected now than we've ever been. Um, and we, we didn't, there, we didn't, we didn't um, think anything was wrong with how we were 
connecting with each other because in hindsight we all had the same attachment style so we were right. okay with with a, oh, with, a, with a surface right. level attachment yeah. with each other we can that's admit because it that didn't mean we, that it I don't did, love you. It did, and I, we right. none of us, uh, none of us perceived the distance as lack of love no. because that right. was our attachment style, and we were comfortable with that. Right. But in hindsight, we were actually functioning out of a dysfunction. So <laughs> at, at very surface level, very surface level, because we, we knew of we each met other for everybody's birthday. Yeah. yeah. We went out to eat, and, <laughs> and we enjoyed <laughs> each other. <laughs> we did. We enjoyed we each other, and even though time. there were times when we had. Uh, individual, individual yeah. relationships. Individual relationships. Even even those there was more that we needed from each other. We didn't know it, or there was more there was more for us to get from each other. Yeah. Right. That we weren't getting. And we, we didn't, didn't even, even know. know we needed it. That's what I was gonna right. say. We didn't even know right. that we needed it. Because I never even f- know. But I never exactly. That was exactly what I was gonna say. I didn't like we all had our individual relationships and when and I guess for us, we would have to say that when Jamela passed, it kind of made us all closer. But I think it made us check ourselves. It made us check what we needed. Right. And we I didn't know that we did. If we could be honest, it made us come to the conclusion that, that wow. I was broken. Not only that, um, it, it caused us to see the fractures in mm-hmm. our relationships. Yep. Yep. Because we could see that in her death we're not that close mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't know you I felt like I felt like I didn't because uh, we didn't see that when Eric passed but it was evident when Jamela passed it was evident when Jamela was like mm-hmm. whoa we're not that close because Jamela had individual relationships with, with each one of us yep. but we didn't we have didn't individual have relationships with, with everyone each, yep. right. I had an individual right. relationship with Jasmine but I didn't have a closeness with Amanda right. I have a relationship with Jen because we're only you and five days apart I think you have a relationship with Amanda but yeah. you didn't necessarily have one, one with Jen right. yep. I think Jen had one with Amanda but she didn't have one with you yeah. Right. Yeah. so you know, we the, saw that whoa we're not that close right. because Jamella, I felt like she was like our glue <laughs> she, and, then yeah. I, and what happens when your glue is gone and she, I could say, like, my she, God, even though she had that special bond with each person, you would think, like, that's my ride or die. That's somebody mm-hmm. who I would yes. ride me anywhere. Yeah, that's that's my road dog. Yes. But she had that same relationship with, with every single one of us. And and, and then, that even though she crazy. was the one who that she's here, there, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so while all of us had these, okay, we're tunnel vision. She was much more connected. Mm-hmm. Um, she was much more connected with each of us individually that any of us were connected with each other and yeah. her her illness and her passing uh kind of undid the the frailty of our relationship mm-hmm. and made us focus on the fact mm-hmm. that if you're going to stay like this it's not this gonna is work. not going to work it's not, not going work. and it made and us that's focus. not what family is all it's about no. it made us focus on the fact that we need each other mm-hmm. we need each other now more than we've ever needed each other and if we don't get this together now this is going to this isn't going to be the kind of relationship we're going to be able to look back on and mm-hmm. have anything uh left to kind of right. we're not going to have anything but you know where i saw right. a, a a difference and since i think we focus more on our relationship are the kids yeah. I, I look at how and I shouldn't get emotional about everything. But how Amar and them before it would be like, Okay, you know afraid of us, uh, you yeah, mean not like, like close to us. Not, not close, close at all. Yeah. Not like, oh, I'm gonna come hug you now when he see he's gonna run like mm-hmm. those yeah. are my aunts. Yeah. yeah. And I'm gonna show them that I love them because now they can see to me that yeah. the bond between us 
it's getting closer because before it was like uh, ten to ten. No, but I I think it's that and mom. No. Yeah, no, not just mom, not just mom. but mm-hmm. I think how you guys treat them is different because before you guys were busy, like, you know what I'm saying? You, you, not that you didn't call them and say, Hey, but now you guys make a point to say, Hey, Shia. Hey, Amari. Mm-hmm. How you guys are doing? Jamela. Like, I know I, I was like, I'm never going to say this, but Jamela by far was their favorite. Aunt yeah. yeah. Because she called them for everything. She called them. She spoke to them. She sent birthday cards. She like made pictures for them. She did all of those things that were just amazing that I just never, I, like I'm not creative or anything. But anyway, so she would call Shia and she would do like lizard kisses with him like all the time. So when now you guys are, I think you guys are making the point to like, but I do love them. Like I want a relationship right. with them, and they see that, they feel that. Like they're like, "Are we going to the Sisters Collective?" I was like, "You know them, your aunties, right?" Like, "Are we going to see them?" They want they that. They act like fans, like right. you know, <laughs> like they aunts, want right? that. Like almost as if it was a, a unveiling of who their aunties were. Like they right. didn't, like they didn't see you before, right. but now you guys see them and they see you because you're making a. More of a closing. So, yeah, that's what... But I think know. we if families have to do more. Put all the bull yeah. aside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever you, you did some 10 years ago. Who cares? Who cares? Like, who, let it go. And you have to really spend more time with... Forget about what happened in the past. Let's focus on the future because we can see on a daily basis people are leaving this earth. Right. And then we forget about, we didn't say we love you. We didn't say we are concerned about you. We didn't check on you. And then when you die, then it's like, oh my God, I didn't get a chance to say everything I needed to say. And and death, death a lot of times reveals um, the real character of a relationship. Um, But by then it's too late to do anything about it. So I think the beautiful part about us um, on the flip side of, of her death is that we had another chance to do it's better right. in these yeah. relationships right. um, than we did necessarily with hers. And um, so that's that That was part of kind of where the, the attachment styles came from is because I wanted that to, I wanted us to see how our attachment styles cause us to relate to each other. Yeah. And whether good or bad, mm-hmm. and the good thing about it is, in some of the studies I've shown that that I that I started looking through is um, your attachment style is malleable, mm-hmm. meaning um, if you don't have a secure attachment style in your romantic relationship, but you aspire to have one, you can. Uh, it's not necessarily set in stone. Now, as an adult, when they talk about attachment styles, it's usually talking about how you relate in romantic relationships. But we know that this isn't just about romantic relationships right. mm-hmm. in, in right, all relationships. Right, right. So what they're saying here is if you have an insecure attachment, attachment, but you are attached to a secure person, they will help to balance it out. Mm-hmm. So because what they're giving you is security, then your insecurity is not flared up. Yeah. So you don't have to feel insecure when you're with a secure person. And while we don't want to be needy in relationships, who you're attached to matters. Right, right. right. So don't be out here choosing any kind of partner. <laughs> if you're insecure, if you have an insecure attachment that's not that's unresolved, so to speak, right. being in a relationship with an insecure person will only trigger that because right. they'll do things that that insecure people do that will make you insecure. Don't choose from your place right? of hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying here um, the best way. 
uh, according to Levine, what's not likely to change from one partnership to the next is how sensitive we are to the two potential relationship threats. Or in other words, our radar system, as he calls it. Mm -hmm. However, if the system isn't triggered in the first place, our reactions to such threats will be less frequent and less intense, and thus our behavior and attitudes will, will slowly shift too. So it is malleable. You don't have to stay there. The best way to get there, Levine says, is to enter into a relationship with someone who's already secure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all. It's like it's like having a relationship a relationship coach built into the relationship. Um, in other words, if you have an anxious style, but your secure partner offers a lot of love and reassurance, you're likely you're less likely to be, be preoccupied with where you stand in the relationship. If you have an avoidant style, but you're with a secure partner who allows you space and independence, you probably won't feel the need to push them away because they're not crowding you anyway. Right. They know that you need a little space and they give it to you. Right, right, Amen. right, right. Okay. Amen. So, um, and know that um, no one relationship in your life, be it your mom, your dad, your college boyfriend, or your most recent girlfriend, is the sole influence on your present attachment style. A lot of people uh, influence us too. We're so malleable, we're highly social creatures. The working model has a bias and tendency to see what it's used to seeing. But if you meet someone that's contrary to your beliefs, and if you meet it long enough, you will change. So you're not, you don't have to be insecurely attached forever. Right. And it also shows that if you were insecurely attached as a child, you can be securely attached as an adult. Mm -hmm. If you repeatedly get introduced to securely attached relationships. Gotcha. The contrary is, if you were securely attached to the child, but that but brokenness happens over and over and over again, it can undo that security. Gotcha. It is malleable. So if you find yourself in an unsecurely attached position now, you don't have to stay there. Right? Wow. It is changeable. We are malleable. So it just, for me, you need to... to take charge of your relationships not like take charge like understand who's in your sphere are they doing you good or are they doing you harm mm -hmm. are they you know Does feeding it, you triggering you right. or not are they feeding right. you to grow or are they not I feel like that you need to know more about yourself you know yeah. right. more right. of right. who you are what what are those issues that you still need to deal mm -hmm. with and deal with your own issues before you're trying to get into yeah, a you relationship gotta own right. your own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. you gotta own your own mm -hmm. stuff be honest about where you are um not in a way of, of being able to point uh, outwardly, but in a way to be able to um, love on the, the, the part of you that still identifies with that insecure attachment, if that's what your attachment style is. Identify it so that you can nurture that part of you back to wholeness. Mm. Yes. Do the yes. work, people. Like at the end of the day. But I, I'm so glad we did this. Yeah. Because yes. I don't think that we, before this very moment, I felt we like we all had, that. right, we all had an aha moment. Like, Absolutely. Like that Jamela was our glue. Like yeah. she was literally at the hair salon, literally on Saturday. I was like, Jamela was there for each one of us. Like she had mm -hmm. a relationship with each one of us. And, and, and she still talked to us. Like I talked to her almost every day. Me too. <laughs> and it's crazy to think like she, we talked to her almost every day and she still was able to manage. Yeah. Each one of our relationships. Wow. So there's like no excuse for people like. Right. Right. Anyway. So, all right, y'all, I hope that today that you all learn how, um, what type of attachment style you are, um, the definitions, it'll be in the show notes. You should definitely take the quiz, um, yes. and see where you are, see where your spouse is, see maybe where, what your parents are, um, not to place blame, but to absolutely understand where you come from and where you need to go and grow. I think was one thing that's coming out of each session that we do, how it's helping 
each one of us to get better in our own daily lives mm, that yeah. we're striving to be better people as we get older and not just staying in our same routines mm -hmm. this is how i was 10 years ago and i'm just going to be that same person no it's about getting better learning yes. how to treat people better and learning how to be better just a better individual all absolutely. around absolutely amen and on that note yes. happy wednesday go be great people do peace love and soul do that work do the work is a hard work but it's yes. the work that needs to be done absolutely amen yeah. say that one more time i said hard work is hard work but it's the work that must be done Yes. All right, y'all. Peace yeah. out. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Sisters Collective. Tune in next week for another family meeting. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and follow us at the Sisters Collective on all social media platforms.